Hello, and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley, and um, coming to you with a pretty cool guest today. His name is Frank Newsom. He was a he is a bull fighter um, on the highest possible level. I mean, he's uh, they open up. I believe what he said was they open up in Madison Square Gardens. I mean, these people is like the largest stage. Um, that rodeo has probably ever been on. I imagine I'd have to ask and confirm with the actual cowboy, but uh, it seems like it's it's the largest spectacle. Um, it's at or it's at its highest like viewing potential. I mean, there's millions of people that watch these things. Um, I mean, it's it's a as big as anything, you know, and to be center stage of that. Through the whole thing, I mean, this uh, Frank Newsom's just awesome, dude. So, seemed really cool. Um, let's see, where am I at here? Okay, making the announcement. Um, so, the Coben Puck Invitational is tonight. I don't think I'm gonna have this podcast out before uh, the event. So, if you're hearing this now, um, catch the highlight reel. Maybe uh, you should have been at the event. Um, but. Um, so this Frank Newsom, uh, the dude that I had on today, he's like um, a really high level guest for me. Uh, I feel like he should be on like a he should be on the Joe Rogan experience. Um, and I just luckily enough through the Coben Puckett connection, I got to got to interview him, and he was an awesome dude. He's in great shape; like he's broken a bunch of bones, he's hurt a bunch of stuff. But he's in his like early forties, and I'd say he looks like he's in better shape than most, you know, early twenties people. I mean, he's like um, definitely a, a well-conditioned athlete. Uh, it was pretty impressive. They were um, so three guys came. It was Reese, Gus, and Frank, and uh, all of them super nice guys. They came over here after doing a radio spot for the Coben Puckett Invitational. And um, super nice guys. Uh, we jumped right into it. I wanted to get them in and out as quick as possible because I know they, you know, have a busy day ahead of them. Um, but it was just, it was super interesting. He has uh, one of the quotes I listened back to a little bit of it, and he has a see it through mentality. It's kind of um, just getting the job done. It's uh, you know, there's a few spots left in our culture where people are like in the gladiator sports, uh, our version of gladiator sports, where you're putting a lot on the line and there's a very high level consequence for the excitement that you're trying to create for the crowd. I would say motorcycle riding's one for me, um, football, but bull riding is definitely one of the, uh, most extreme um things to me it looks it's uh very impressive to see um so it's one of the last real gladiator sports and frank is one of the guys that's on the ground with these bulls you know the bull riders i think coben said this in the last podcast but um the bull riders they get on one bull and then they get off the bull you know well, the bullfighters, they're in the ring for every bull, you know, each time that that shoot opens up. So, um, what am I saying? Oh, so there's real risk involved with gladiator sports, and that's what really gives them their excitement. 
and uh, it's just really cool to meet a guy who's really at the pinnacle of a sport, performing at the highest possible level. Um, and man, he looked like he was in great shape uh, to this day. So it was, uh, it's impressive. I I feel like if I had uh, recently my my left knee started bothering me from a wrestling injury I had that I haven't even thought about in ten years, and it just flared up or whatever, and uh, it really like kind of put the put the brakes on uh, stuff that I felt comfortable doing. And to imagine that's not even I never even had surgery on that. And then Frank has had all these surgeries and all these broken bones and all this carnage, uh, and he's like cranking i mean he's getting stronger in the audience or in the podcast i believe he said that he was he felt like he's getting stronger still he's getting better and he's more coordinated with you know juking bulls and getting where he needs to get it's pretty impressive um so i was pretty psyched about my guest today anyway now i'll move on to my announcements so um recreation for the rest of this month recreation in canyon is putting one dollar of every Rodeo Clown Burger sold towards the Press On Organization Foundation. That's um, Coben Puckett's organization. And so Recreation, they had an event last night. I believe it was a trivia night. Uh, we were actually in and out of Canyon. We went to Barrel and Pie, which that's – man, Canyon is really on its way up because those are some – I can't wait to get into Recreation. It looks like a blast. Barrel and Pie is an amazing place. Palace Coffee's right there. Um, Imperial Tap Room. Uh, they also have an awesome bookstore. I think it's called The Bookseller. Um, that looks like a cool spot. And then The Grind uh, MMA is right on that corner. Um, but Canyon's got some good things going for it right now. Um, and Recreation, which is in Canyon, in the place that has a lot of cool things going for it right now. Uh, like I said, you go in, you buy the Radio Clown Burger, which is a delicious looking burger, and a dollar of that goes towards the Press On organization for the rest of this month. So um, if you miss the event, which is today, then just do that, and that's a way of giving toward the, towards the uh, organization, the foundation. Second thing I was going to announce is the Panhandle Podcast Meetup, uh, August 28th. I still don't have a spot picked out for that. Um, I'm hitting these like podcasts a little bit faster than uh, I than my uh, my laziness for planning can take me. You know, so um, anyway, the Panhandle Podcast Meetup. Just be planning for August 28th. I believe it's a Tuesday. And we'll be shooting for around 6 o'clock, uh, trying to meet, um, I don't know yet. I don't exactly know yet. Hayden Pedigo, I've been talking to him recently. He's got me thinking some uh, interesting, some different thoughts, some different ideas about possible meetup spots. But anywho, um, Panel Podcast Meetup, August 28th. If you're interested in podcasts, if you have your own podcast, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, or if you're just a fan, like I'm just kind of a fan of podcasts, uh, it's for anybody that um, likes to identify podcasts as a hobby or something that they enjoy. Not necessarily fans of my show, although hopefully if you're a fan of podcasts, you'd be a fan of my show. But not I understand it's not everybody's uh, cup of tea, you know. But uh, there's a podcast for everybody. So anyway, uh, Panel Podcast Meetup, August 28th. 
Also, uh, Critical Mass Bomb City Bike Rides, the last Friday of every month. Um, this is a pretty cool organization that's about bringing awareness to uh, cyclists and creating like a more commuter-friendly environment. Um, you know, when everybody works together, then nobody's working against each other. So uh, it, it's really cool, and it seems like I think they stomp at the 806. I should have researched this a little bit more before I announced it, but uh, they, they stop at some different places. I'm planning on having um, – just a second. I'm planning on having uh, Luis Garcia on um, later this month, maybe later this week to talk about this but he's a cool dude met him last night at the uh comanche moon uh cd release party where uh it was comanche moon and this other band called uh fine and dandy they both played but um i realized man that i'm kind of getting to be i think i'm a loser you know i'm like a i'm like a I'm, i've let the dad life take get the best of me because um shannon was like we sh- you know i guess i thought doors open means like kind of get there so we got there way early. Ended up drinking a few beers, hung out with some friends. It was a really good time. But we barely got to see Fine and Dandy play. And then we had to go pick up the kid and, you know, do the the uh, old person, you know, the adult lifestyle or whatever. Um, but, man, at the same time, I just love getting my kid home and uh, getting him in bed and kind of winding down and everything. It's just kind of a, uh, something I look forward to, you know, the evenings. So... Um, but it was a cool, uh, event. It looked like it was a really cool turnout. There was a lot of people out there. Um, like I said, we had to leave a little bit early, but, uh, fine and dandy. We did see them play a little bit and they're, uh, keeping it pretty tight. They're playing really good. So, um, let's see, did I get through all those? I think I got through all of my announcements. Um, man, it was, this was a really fun podcast to do today. I really enjoyed the interview, um, some of the things that I was thinking about uh, going into it and then even a little bit after uh, we got into it was, you know, like tradition. Um, there's there's a lot of things that we don't consciously do. Um, it's all subconscious. Like uh, it's just an expression of, of the tradition that you were raised in, you know, Um it we've had that a lot in the fire service like anytime they go to try to change a tactic um like typically there's like this this like going against the grain feeling like we're like uh, almost like we're shifting uh uh the trajectory of a ship instead of everybody taking a step to the right it's like a it's a different kind of uh animal that it feels like it's controlling but um so i've been thinking a lot about this tradition and uh rodeo is like so uniquely western and so uniquely an expression of tradition i mean it's it's a beautiful thing uh i i really enjoyed this i really enjoyed this podcast and i just thought that it was so cool that in a world where all these people complain about all these uh terrible events you have these communities that are doing what they love, living a lifestyle that um, generates community and caring about each other. Uh, I don't know. It was just super interesting. Tradition 
is a is an interesting thing I've been thinking a little bit about recently and and then progression imagining um where Frank came just from within his career so not only how how far he's come but how far the overall sport has come um it's like a progression that you know uh like Michael Jordan needs um the NBA to be a the best basketball player in the world you know um, and I, you know, that's what's, that's, what's cool is now the PBR is that for, um, you know, bull riders and, uh, and the few, uh, bull fighters. That's, that's what I thought was super interesting. It's, that's such an elite group. I mean, I think he said, I think Frank said that there was three of them that are on like instant, you know, they're there. And then they have like two alternates and I'm thinking five dudes, I'm thinking, I was thinking you needed like uh, like twenty dudes. You know, I was assuming you probably go out like. Which, granted, these dudes are amazing at what they do and at getting around these animals. But I mean, I just I would assume that that it'd be pretty common to go out. But these dudes, they go a whole season without going out. It's just uh, you know, it was a uh, it was an interesting uh, per, just I don't know putting all that together. Maybe and then I have written down the big show. Um, I think it was just, it's cool sitting with a, like, professional, it's interesting because he, he's a, he's a professional in, like, almost a world that he kind of created, which, like, I, my experience with being a professional is being a professional fireman in which I'm trying to step into a world that was already created, you know, but, you know, he's at the top of an emerging field, top of an emerging sport. Um, and it's kind of cool. He's like paving the way. I mean, him and all these other dudes, you know, they're all, it's a group effort, but they're all like paving the way into this like more extreme world, you know, of like uh, modern man set to his own devices. It's pretty cool to see. I mean, these, uh, these animals, um, I would highly encourage everybody to follow Frank. Uh, Newsom, so it's at Newsom Frank on Instagram. Um, check out some of his YouTube videos; they're really crazy. Um, uh, Shorty Gorham, I believe, is um, that's one of. If you get into Frank's uh, Instagram, you'll get into Shorty's Instagram. Um, but yeah, they have they have some really cool stuff. It was like. Uh, a really fun, interesting deep dive into who these guys are, um, and just kind of uh, the extreme situations that they uh, call home. Like you know, some of some of these animals, um, you know, it, not very many people stare down a bull as it charges them. You know, like not that's not a very common especially in the modern world, common experience. And these guys do it all the time, and it's almost normal to them. You know, it's like a normalized thing. So it's pretty cool, man, the big show. Um, so anyway, that's uh, I'm going to leave you at that. That's going to be my intro for this one. Uh, I really appreciated Frank. I really appreciated the time that he took out of his day. And I'm really looking forward to not only him, but – also, all of these uh, these bull riders and these bulls uh, perform tonight. So, anyway, 
Thank you, people. Thank you for listening. Uh, give me a follow on Instagram, which I'm doing a live Instagram video right now. But give me a follow on Instagram. Uh, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, if you know of somebody that you think would be an interesting guest, I actually got a lot of really interesting people lined up. It's just, you know, doing doing one a week um, doesn't seem like much, but it really, um, you, you don't cover so much ground. So if you line up like 30 different guests, uh, that's 30 weeks, <laughs> you know, that's a long time. So anyway, um, thank y'all and enjoy the interview. Um, I'm here with Frank, Gus, and Reese. Um, Reese, you're 11? Oh, Reese, Gus. Talking about, yeah, Gus, sorry, dude. I mixed up my Reese and my Gus. Yeah. But, so, Gus, you're how old? 13. 13, right. And, uh, you're just getting him around the rodeo lifestyle, and he's kind of grown up, uh, yeah. experiencing it? Yeah, yeah, just... Uh, just a friend of mine, uh, he come stay with me for a week, and gonna get to go to a bull riding tonight. And uh, he's got to fly home Monday, but uh, just he loves being a cowboy, you know. And he doesn't get a lot of opportunity where he lives, and we got to be friends, so he come and hang out with. I us. didn't ask you this yet. What are your? Do you have like a trailer you travel around with? No, or like, you have like a uh, are you are you hotel when you mostly do? just hotels and uh, kind of fly in and out, drive when we can. Uh, you know, the old days we used to go rodeo and be gone for half a year, right? You know, yeah. Living in a trailer, and now it's more kind of evolved into just going and coming right back, you know, and, and going to bull ridings, you know. Yeah, that's so you're not on tour necessarily, you're hitting these tour dates, yeah, but you're going back home back and in forth, the, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I was wondering because, uh, me and my wife before we had our kid we had a sprinter van and so we were like fitting it out in the back so we could go on these kind of kind of tour for rock climbing you know drive up kind of cruise around hit different spots stay in walmarts and whatnot you know i mean it just made for a super cheap trip and i just wondered how much i was like man these guys that are on the road a whole bunch touring all over the place Man, you had a little sprinter van, you know, you got like your setup. It could be kind of like a home away from home, a little bit more comfortable. Well, and like when we definitely, when we first starting out and you're trying to work your way up to the better paying jobs and <clears throat> you definitely spend a lot of nights sleeping in your truck or, you know, just trying to do whatever you can do. But, uh, you know, now, you know, uh, you kind of work in these top events, you get like they'll usually buy you a motel room and uh, that'd be part of your pay. You yeah, know, dude, rightfully so. so. Yeah, man. Like last night we stopped at a friend's house and stayed the night with them. Nice. You know, and then uh, Sunday we'll drive straight all the way back home. And, so you got connections like all over the country. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this about 26 years now. So, you know, you get to know a lot of people and a lot of good friends across the country, you know. Yeah, I'm amazed. I got one of the buddies I work with on the fire department. I'm on the fire department now. One of my buddies, uh, he was a bronc rider during college. Yep. And I think maybe a little bit afterwards, I can't remember exactly his timeline, but he, he'll he start saying, oh yeah, I know that guy, and oh, I was rodeoing this time, and I saw that, you know, and we're like watching PBR events, and he's like, oh yeah, I remember when that, he was just like a little kid, you yeah. know, like just hanging around, and now he's, yeah. you know, these guys, top athletes performing, but it's just, it amazes me how... Uh, uh, not tight knit, but like interconnected, like the rodeo scene is. If you're like a little involved, 
you you'll know somebody that knows just it seems like they know everybody well and it's, it kind of gets to be kind of a family type deal and like my back door everybody that knows me that you know they know my back door is open so they I don't even got to be there you know they can stop in and stay if they need to if they're yeah. passing through and and that's usually how it is everywhere we go you know I mean if we know get to know somebody it's kind of like that's kind of like your family you know yeah yeah when you gotta it's like you help me out I'll help you out you pass you oh, yeah. pass along yeah. and that's like the yeah. just the how the community operates yeah. it yeah. makes it really efficient in that way yeah so that's cool. So you say you've been doing this 20... I started in 92. So started yeah, in 92. Yeah. Okay. And, um, well, I'm going to say this in the intro, uh, but I'm going to put like a link. So one of the... Coben was like, hey, yeah, you should have Frank on. And I was like, okay. And he was like, just just type in his name and and do Bullfighter and just, you know, click the... And it was like the, thir- the second YouTube video down is like 32 minutes, 35 minutes of of you just getting like yeah. launched by these bulls, run over by these bulls, like headed into a corner, and that was what was crazy is like that you were hopping up so quickly. After some of them, I think one of them you get your hands stomped, like yeah. like probably I don't know, did you break your hand? Yeah, I broke a lot of bones yeah. in my hands. And, yeah. But yeah, it looked like even when you got up, it kind of like it had a like a. Like a like a dead fish, yeah. Like kind of yeah. like, but you were hopping up and chasing this bull, you know. It's yeah. like, um, how do you get psyched up, like to to? Uh, and I know a lot of the situations are life or death, you know, life or limb situations. I mean, you're getting in there, oh yeah, because it's somebody's hung up and in like a bad spit like yeah. position. But how do you get like your head ready for something like that? Well, you know, I mean you. You train every day, like at home. Every day I work out. I think about what I'm, what my job is and uh, prepare for it. You know, and when I show up, you know, you just try to have that mental attitude that you know you're gonna go in there and see it through. You know, I I ain't gonna sit out and watch somebody else do my job just because I'm a little sore or whatever. You know, so and I grew up around men, you know, tough men that did tough jobs. You know, and I watched them ever since I was a little kid. You know, it didn't matter how the day went. They were going to make sure they got the job done, mm-hmm. you know. And you just, you kind of take that on, you know, and that becomes how you think and how you do, you know. And, um, you know, if, if, if I don't finish my job, it's usually something bad happened, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and now, you know, like with uh, there's been a few times, you know, like now with the, the concussion protocol, you know. I've been, oh, yeah. I've been knocked out, and now they... Now they won't allow you back in, you know, at some of the events when you have, we have Tandy Freeman and some of the the, the good doctors there looking after us, you know. But, yeah. You know, whenever you're starting out and you're at them lower level events and, you know, you you either did your job or you or they hired somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way the rodeo and bull riding life is, you know. They don't pay you for sitting down, so... You just kind of have to, you learn how to deal with it, and you block it out, and you get your job done, and afterwards you go try to take care of yourself. When you were saying uh, your training at home, yep. I saw like in your Instagram feed, it looked like, so maybe like a wheelbarrow with like a bull head on it, and y'all were chasing each other. Yeah, we kind of getting a, like working on your cuts and stuff. Yeah, bullfighting dummies, what we call it, and it's basically built like a wheelbarrow, but we kind of designed it where it moves better, mm-hmm. and um we can pretty much set up almost every scenario that we're going to see. And uh, you just kind of sharpen your moves, you know. 
work on your moves. Uh, you know, you can pick out things you're doing wrong, fix them, you know. Uh, that way when you go back in the arena, you're a little bit better. Well, and that's one of the things that I was wanting to talk to you about is it, is it seems like it's a sport like so uh, I, I wasn't really aware of this. It was like kind of uh, peripherally I've like I've watched some rodeo and I've seen it like it's on the, up at the station all the time the guys will anytime the PBR events on they're playing it. So I've watched a lot and I've kind of talked to people and but it, it's one of those things like I never really you know you, there's always like that slightly deeper world and so yeah. I started looking at yours and um, oh, I wrote his name down. Um, uh, dang, he's in a bunch of videos with you. Shorty Gorm? Shorty, yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. So I started looking at y'all's Instagrams, yeah. and I realized, dude, this is a sport completely unto itself. Yeah. Like, what y'all are doing is y'all are training for a different aspect, a different sport, and it's like almost getting the bull. Like, it, it looked like y'all were training to get to different positions of the bull, you yeah. know, almost yeah. like, I mean, it's a game, almost. Well, and it's a... Uh... I, I, I think of it as a profession, you know, like, um, you know, we're there for protection. You know, we don't, we're not there for money, you know, like, we're not really in competition. Right. Like, we're going to get paid a certain amount, but we're there to do a job. And mm-hmm. so, like, the better we do our job, the better everybody walks away, They're, the more healthy they stay. And that's our goal. And also to keep ourselves safe, because we've got... We got to work all year long, you know, to take care of our oh, families yeah. and, you know, and all that. So, the better we do our job, you know, the better everything is. So we strive to. We're always trying to critique ourselves. Always, you know, just keeping tabs on each other, you know. And that's one thing I was going to ask you because it was. Um, so, people say that firefighting is a dangerous job, and yes. granted, it it is yes. to an extent. Yes. But what what you do, what I would say your job is, is like almost crafted danger. You know, like it's it's like uh so I, I wouldn't actually I personally have I've maybe been in like two or three situations where I could have seen myself possibly getting injured. Yeah. But I didn't it's typically you don't have to think that fast. It's typically it's you you uh prepare to be in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you can be there and it's okay. Um so, but your your situation, you know that you're going to be having to get on the side of a bull that's spinning, like mm-hmm. as fat and kicking, and I mean it's just a danger, like a danger zone, you yeah. know, that you're like entered in. Uh, definitely, the amount of professionalism that you take into that situation, but there's also a little bit of luck, right? Well, and I don't really believe in luck. I believe in God, and He's He's my Creator, and like if I show up prepared and I got my mind on what I'm doing, uh, I know my chances are good or a lot better to get my job done and be safe. Uh, if I got my, if I'm distracted, you know, if I'm half halfway committed, uh, the chances of me or somebody else getting hurt is going to go way up. I don't really think that there's any luck to it. Um, you know, it's a matter of showing up ready to do your job, you know, and, and, and I know that today, you know, like my trip home could be a lot different than coming. I could be really beat up going home by doing my job but you know I, I know that that's part of what I do you know and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do my job today you know and so it's not it's not like I'm out it's not some thrill seeking kind oh, of yeah. deal it's like I know what I do I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I'm ready to do it so. well it's just like uh, any I think of it anytime I see like a 
a BMX guy or a motocross guy doing these like crazy flips and stuff. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I couldn't imagine letting my son do that. But then it's like, if my son is that athlete and he's capable of doing that, and then I'm holding him back because I'm scared for him, you know, he can't have that kind of life. Right. Um, So it is, it is always one of those things when a professional is doing something that requires a high level of expertise their chances of injury yeah. drop yes. radically versus that's like, somebody who's never like going back to like I put on a school and I teach young guys you know fundamentals and so we can we can have a have somebody that doesn't know anything and in three days we can have a pretty good foundation laid down where they have a pretty good chance of of having success you know right. to where when I started it was two or three years into it of a lot of wrecks of me just trying to figure it out not getting very good instruction. Mm. And then I got to be around somebody that really knew what they were doing, a professional that knew how to teach. You know, and so that's just like you're saying, like if your kid wanted to ride motorcycles, the best thing you do is get around somebody that really knew how to do it and teach them how to do it right. Yep. You know? so. yep. And teach them how to keep other people safe. And, you bet. I mean, you, you learn. Bet. It's like uh, everybody's scared of guns. But it's like if you teach somebody how to properly handle a gun, the yep. chances of of there being an accident or there being something happen drop diminishly yep. or diminish yep. greatly. So, yeah, that is super interesting. I wonder, like, as you were saying that, um, so I've kind of started thinking a little bit more ranch style since my in-laws moved down to Stephenville. And, like, they're building a house at the farm right now. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be going – we used to have to go to Fort Worth to visit them. But now we're going to get to go to the farm to visit them. So right. I'm like super excited about it. But I've been thinking, you know, uh, along those lines, and I wonder if that wouldn't be a good... So like, I don't I don't have very much experience around animals. But through my father-in-law getting involved with it, now I'm going to start being around some of these animals. I wonder if that wouldn't be like a good safety thing just to do with like your, your guys on the ranch, you know, say, hey, look, we're all going to go down here and learn from Frank who's like a badass at not getting run over by a bull, and he's going to teach you some stuff, you know, if a cow turns on you. Like, what's the best way to get out of this situation? It could probably prevent a lot of cowboy injuries, you know? Yeah, like even like working cattle, there's there's things you learn, just how you handle them and move around and, and, you know, the gates, the equipment you're around. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things you do and you don't do that are going to keep you safe, you know, and... And uh, a lot of it's just paying attention and, uh, you know, if you ever get to be around somebody that knows what they're doing and just hanging out with them and learning from them, you know. And, uh, you know, and you're still going to, there's still going to be days when the cows just, they win, yep. you know, and you're going to you're gonna be beat up, you know, and you got to still, you still got to figure it out to get the job done, so. Yeah, I got stomped one time. I was helping with a sale in uh, Hereford, the two bar, yeah, Angus. And I, I don't even know what happened. I was starting to get pretty brave. It was like maybe the third day working around them and stuff. And this one cow just would not go into the chute. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just hop back there and kind of uh, – and she knew exactly. Yeah. Dude, she was like waiting for me to do it. She wanted me to do it. And she just reached out that back leg and just – I mean, I was going up the fence. I mean, I knew she was coming for me. I was going up the fence, and she just got right above my knee yeah. with her hoof. Just boom! It quick. It was like, oh, dude, yeah. that thing hurt. It probably hurt me for a month, 
but like the remnants of just like this blood pocket, you know, yeah. hanging out in my yeah. knee. Like it lasted for for months, dude. It was like this one cow, yeah, kicked me, and it lasted for months, you know. So I couldn't imagine getting in front of some of these animals yeah. that y'all get in yeah. front of. I mean, how? Um, well, like, what's like a re- a quick recap on your like injuries? Uh, I've had a lot, I guess, but. A lot of broken bones. Broke all my ribs at least once. Uh, separated my sternum. Broke my scapula bone. Uh, had a have a neck surgery to fix some stuff. Um, broke my leg. Tore my ankle up. Broke my arm twice. Uh, you know, lots. Of, I don't remember how many concussions. You know, but uh-huh. but I really I haven't had any serious bad injuries. <laughs> the way we look. That's at hilarious. It, well, the way we look at it is, if I can still compete. Uh-huh. And it's it's okay. It's not that you know. It's just something we're gonna deal with. Yeah. Uh, if I'm laid up for three months, then yeah, that was a bad deal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, just saying, I I haven't. I complain if I like tweak my knee a little bit. You know, like yeah. if I'm out on a run or something, or like I roll my ankle. I'm like, oh dang, you know, this is gonna take me. And then, but you're like dealing with like any one of those injuries. For like a normal person that would like put ended their career. In well, and that's you what know? you see a lot of. You know, like you'll see a young guy come along with a lot of talent, and then he'll get into a deal where he where he really got injured and it hurt him bad enough. And that's when you're going to see if he really loves it or not. Mm. You know, he's either going to step back and decide he's going to do something else, or or he's going to you know work hard and dig in more and and get better. You know, mm. and I know Reese. Uh, he was young and he caught a bail. Well, a bull rope, they have a heavy metal bell on the end of it, and uh, the, the rope got tangled in the bull's feet. He was moving in to do his job, and that bull kicked that bell, and it hit him right in the head, cracked his skull. And, uh, is that, is that know, that's so that's That was kind of his, <laughs> his first bad one, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, he had, to, he had to come back from that and decide, do I really want to do this or not? And he, he of course, d- decided he did. Worked his way back, got the cobwebs out, got back to doing good, you know. That was one question I was going to ask is, like, I'm kind of surprised y'all don't wear helmets. Well, helmets kind of hinder our vision. Yeah. You know, we've got to be able to see all the way, you know, around us, and uh, it just don't really work Yeah. what we do. Yeah. I just want, like, I was thinking that because in the fire service, there's uh, some old timers. Well, actually, I think they're all gone now. Like it was right when I first got hired on, I'd hear these stories, where when they first were getting dispatched on fires, they had like one air pack on the whole truck. Yeah. And and the rookie or the young guy would just grab the air pack, and then the other guys would do pretty much all the exact same work without air packs on. Yeah. You know, which I mean. Now, granted, it's different fuel sources. Like, now we have more synthetic furniture, so they put off, like, more poisonous gas. Yeah. Versus those guys had a lot more organic materials, so it was just a different kind of smoke. But, dude, they, they breathed a lot of smoke, and yeah. a lot of them died early deaths from it, you yeah. know? So it's always kind of interesting, and the fire service, is it's constantly slapped with a death. Like, it's yeah. like... If you had just been wearing your seatbelt, this probably wouldn't have happened. You know, if you had have just been wearing your air pack, this probably would have been, you know, preventable. Like, that's well, the two tragedies. You, know? you go back to the old bullfighters, and, like, now we've got all these uh, specialized equipment that are built just for fighting bulls that really mm-hmm. take good care of us. Where you, you go back to the old days, and, like, if they had a sore spot, they'd get a magazine and tape it around that bruise, mm-hmm. you know, or... 
That's how they took care of their stuff. They didn't have pads. You know what I mean? They were yeah. doing the same job we're doing, but they uh, had to, you know, they had to be men and, you know. Yeah. Well, it's little. just, it is definitely so, just a hard sport on the body. You know, yeah. And for it sure. Is, but you learn how to, you either learn how to deal with it or you find something else to do. Yeah, it, yeah. So. I guess that there's always another job if you, if yeah. you. It's kind of like in firemen. Like yeah. You know, I mean, you, when you. When you get in a tight spot, you're gonna realize if you really want to do it or not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're gonna really make sure that you're paying attention yeah. whenever people are telling you stuff because you it's like that training comes a little more real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want it to, a lot more stuff. You want you want everything safety to be automatic. Yeah, that's not even you're not even thinking about anything safety. You know, that's all ingrained, indoctrinated. That's how I'm gonna do something. Yeah, and then you have like some creative options on the side. You know, so. But um, that's cool. So this is uh, y'all are about to start your the the big tour, right? The big people. Well, we've tour. been on break for the summer. Uh, we started in January. We go every week until May, and then we take the summer off the big events, and we just go to some smaller events. A lot of guys will take some time off. Um, next week we start back to the big events. And then we'll go solid all the way till November. And you're talking big when you're talking big, big events. You're talking one start, night yeah. all bull riding. No, I mean we'll we started out in Madison Square Garden three yeah. nights. Ooh, um, you Dude, know that's cool. Sell out crowd, ten thousand people. Yeah, television. You know the top bulls in the world, top money. Uh, you know it's it's the top of the line. Yeah, stuff, you know? yeah. And then we'll we'll do that. We you know from New York to Chicago, Oklahoma City. Out to California, all over the country. You, you think know. like you think like go back twenty three years, and you had been like you're gonna be on like in Madison Square Gardens. In front uh, I of never. Us. I mean, I, I never. You always kind of hope for the. You know, you never know how big it's gonna get, but you never, never would have dreamed it could be this good. Yeah, yeah. the big show, yeah. like yeah. literally, like yeah. the pinnacle of it. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So you're the yeah. top guy in this. So yeah, like. Yeah. Um, now, so how did you get involved in being a bullfighter? Well, I actually grew up working on ranches with my dad. We didn't rodeo hardly at all. Uh, but I went to work. My dad changed jobs. I went to work for a guy in high school. He rode bulls. Um, so I started trying to ride bulls. Um, I wasn't that good at it. So then I, we would take turns saving each other. And one day I saved a guy and I was like, man, that's my spot right there. And uh, just it just kind of took over, you know. Yeah. And I started devoting every day to it, and um, you know, twenty six years later, here we are. So when you say you start devoting every day to it, um, how how do you how do you practice that? Well, like back then, like one thing I always knew is I could show up in shape, you know, ready to do my job. So even though back then I was having to work a, a job all day. You know, I'd be tired when I got home, but I would go put my shoes on and go run five miles, go work out, you know. Um, I'd find a practice pen on Wednesday nights and drive two hours and go fight bulls until midnight and drive home and then be at work at six the next day. Ooh. You know what I mean? I'd make it make it work, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, and eventually I, got, I was pretty good at it. I worked hard at it, so... I had some success, you know, at, at, a, at a young age, and pretty soon I started making enough money where it was taken care of me, you know, and I could devote every day, all day to it, 
you know yeah yeah so what what is your like workout routine like do, uh, you, have, to, do you have a routine or you have like something you yeah, stick to or? just you know it ain't like we're really lifting a lot of heavy weight but just a lot of a lot of reps a lot of running uh agility work uh push-ups sit-ups you know pull-ups just your uh you know basic stuff like that yeah uh do get into some weightlifting. You know, depending on what time of year it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I'm kind of I'm like I'm I'm in an interesting transitional period because naturally I I do well lifting weights. Like yeah. I've always been able to step into a weight room and it's like okay I'm adequate, you know. But my cardio was always terrible, so I've started running. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Murph workout? Do you know uh-huh. what that is? It's you do you run a mile, you do a hundred pull ups. Uh, 200 push-ups and 300 air squats and then you run another mile yeah and you do it for time and then it's a crossfit deal and murph uh he actually the the original guy who was a navy seal and he did it with his flat jacket on so you're supposed to do it with like a 20 pound vest on yeah you know but so i've been trying all these different fitness type styles you know and that one's a little bit more like high intensity which i've never really done and stuff and yeah. so i'm playing with like some mobility type stuff trying to stay like i want i want to eventually run uh, the 50k in the canyon yeah. um uh and i'm just trying to figure out like how do i not get injured like how do i stay uninjured through the training process you know yeah. so how much like how much do you focus on like do you do any like durability training? Do you do like a lot of stretching or anything? Or, like, yeah, the the more the older I get, the more stretching I try to do. You know, as far as taking care of old, I got a lot of old injuries. You know, mm-hmm. try to not. You don't want to keep them all fired up. You know, so you're uh, you know constantly working on you know my stretching. Uh, I try to pay attention to what my body's doing week to week. You know to try to modify my workouts to do what I need to do, you know? Here, let me pause this for just... All right, I had to do a quick pause. I thought I heard something, but I think it was just up in my headphones. So, um... But yeah, sorry, where were we at? My bad. I jumped off. Oh, we are talking about fitness. Yeah. Um, and so you focus on your fitness pretty... Every day. Every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's lifestyle. I usually take, you know, at least one day off a week, and that's usually on a day we're traveling, you know, but, uh... How do you, how do you, uh, so how do you, how many hours do you think that you're like between events, you know, where you're just sitting, like traveling, yeah. you know, cause that, to me, it seems like that wrecks your body. Yeah. You and know? it gets, gets you really stiff and, you know, it's good to get out and stretch and, uh, move around a little bit, but you know, you just, you just, you get used to what you got to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? On days you travel. I don't like sitting in an airport, but it's part of what I gotta right. do sometimes, you know. And uh, you don't like sitting in a car for ten hours, but sometimes that's what you gotta do. Yep. So you just you're all the time working on it. Uh, you know, you focused on getting better and, and uh, moving forward. You know, I mean, I've been at this, like I said, twenty six years. I feel like I'm still striving to get better and and keep learning. You know. So. Yeah, dude, that's that's pretty amazing. So, how old did you say you were? I'm 43. You're 43? Yeah. Okay. And so, so I'm just about to be 30. So there's like a lot of like existential life questions that are like popping up in my head now. Yeah. About, cause I mean, I, I always pictured from 25 to 30, I was going to be the strongest version of myself. You know, that's kind of like maybe what was implanted in my head. 
But I'm starting to realize, man, I have, I have a whole lot of increasing that I can do that, you know, doesn't necessarily have to do with my body. It's how I, it's what I'm eating. It's how I'm training. Oh, yeah. It's all yeah. of these different things. And so I really think maybe 30 to 35 might be my uh, peak potential, athletic potential. But then I'm hearing from a lot of guys who are going into their 50s. I mean, I know a couple of guys that retired from the fire department yeah. and they were like pushing you know they were getting better yeah. you know as they were and so it's kind of like um do you do you feel like you have like you feel like you're still getting better you're still pushing and improving yeah um i think i am i think i'm, I'm i think i'm just as effective now in the arena as i ever was uh i feel like i'm you know got a lot more wisdom you know um you know, I get frustrated sometimes because, like I said, there is some old injuries there that, you know, like in your workouts or there's certain things you want to do like you did 10 years ago and, man, it's just not there, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, you so that's when you use your wisdom to figure out, I, I, I'm going to get the same job done, but I need to figure out a different way to go at it. You did know? you have any other athletic, like, uh, outlets as a kid? Oh, uh, the football. I football. love football, you know, and I, I – Got a lot of some awards, you know, in high mm-hmm. school. He's in a big 4A school in there in Texas. And uh, had some opportunities to go to some small colleges. But, you know, I had rodeo on my mind then. And uh, I was pretty small to be that slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, a college, it would have been tough. But, you know, in high school, I could figure out how to get my job done. And It's just that, know. like, refining. It's like yeah. top 10%. The top ten percent, yeah. you know, like you keep yeah. getting these cuts, yeah. and uh, I've I've like run into that a whole lot in my life, where I was like never in the top ten percent. I was maybe in the top twenty yeah. percent, you know, yeah. but it's not you're not in that top. Just I've never been overly excellent at any one thing. I've always just been pretty decent at it, yeah. you know. So it it is kind of interesting. Like I always I'm I'm envious of well of you in some ways when you say. That you instantly knew what you wanted to do and what you were the what you yeah. were like really good at, you know, like that's a huge blessing to have. Like a, I I think of some wrestlers that I wrestled with in high school, and they just had that spark. Yeah. They had the talent, you know. Granted, you know, hard work. You know, what was that saying? Hard work outdoes talent when talent doesn't work hard or whatever. Yeah. But I've seen talent not work hard. And be amazing, you oh, know, yeah. like on a wrestling mat or, yeah. uh, you know, these guys that it's just like, they just show up and they're just amazing at it, you know? Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? The top 10%? But okay, so I was, the reason I was asking is because you are obviously highly athletic. Like the moves that you're doing, the agility, the quickness, the hand, like being able to snag some of those ropes yeah. the way you do in like pretty hectic scenarios. So I knew that you probably had uh, expressed like your athleticism in other in other ways. What position did you play in? I was inside linebacker and inside. center. Oh, I, was, uh, I actually made all area center, and um, the all area kicker on that was at about ten pounds heavier than I was. Really? <laughs> I was pretty small. But How I, much did you weigh back then? I weighed about one fifty five, one sixty there wow. in my senior year. You know, and um, we were kind of a quick hitting offense and. Uh, you know, I just, you know, you figure out how to do it. Man, that's mine. Is that yours? Oh, I was just hearing the buzz, man. I'm like so tuned into the buzz now. Yeah. Like anytime there's a buzz in my general vicinity, it's like, 
huh? You know, <laughs> whenever I used to go vibrate so that the ringer wouldn't do that to me. Because yeah. the ringer started, anytime it hit, I would, you boom, you know, it like controlled my mind. So I switched to the vibrate. But now the vibrate, the buzz, I'm yeah. actually more tuned to that now, you know, than anything else. It's kind of crazy how it like gets into your like mind like that. But uh, dang, where were we at? I'm sorry. Do you remember? I can actually start in with my questions now. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that was crazy. Dude, we're 31 minutes in. I haven't even started on my questions yet. <laughs> But uh, I guess we've covered some of them. I was gonna talk about the uh, Mexican poker game. Does stuff like does stuff like that still happen? Yeah, you don't really see it as much, especially at this level, because we're focused on the top bull riding. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's what everybody's here to see is the best bull riders right. versus the best bulls. Um, you know, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen it in a long time because I haven't been at them events. But you know, the when you get to smaller events. They're trying to entertain every way mm-hmm. they can. That's when you kind of get into that stuff. Yeah, that looked crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, which that's on your Instagram feed, which I'll do. I'll do links in my like description of the episode to like your Instagram and. Cool. Uh, do you have a YouTube channel? Was that your YouTube channel? Uh, my wife and my oldest son do all the technology stuff. Okay. For my family, I don't. I don't mess. Don't mess with it. Yeah, I don't mess it is with funny, it. man, because uh, with the fire department, we have kind of. Uh, generational like benchmarks, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I work with a lot of guys that are. Uh, let's see, I, I think they're all. Uh, one of my captains and one of my drivers, I think that they're in their early forties or like right at that line. And it's so funny to me because it's like they want to get in on Instagram and like they're starting to understand how to use it and how to work it, but they were so adamantly against it for so long. Like yeah. they're both back up. Uh, they uh, hunt in the backcountry for elk every September. Like they're up there the entire month. I mean, like that's their that's they're bringing meat home for their family. Like yeah. I'm I'm buying a tag and I have to harvest an animal. You know, yeah. during this time they're super serious about it. And one of them's way into listening to a lot of podcasts. He hears podcasts all the time. And I've been telling him, dude, he's like nerd central on bows. He like his greatest his greatest. Uh, euphoria in life is seeing uh like a bullet hole from from the arrows like paper tuning his bow yeah like he just nerds out on it he just loves he's he's constantly like look at that hole i'm like dude it's a hole in a piece of paper i don't know he's like no it's perfect you know he just nerds out and so i've been trying to get him dude he needs he needs a podcast he needs a he needs a blog just to write down all this stuff he learns like he'll be telling me these finite details i'm like dude there's a lot of boat hunters who would love to hear that you know right. and instagram and he's right there dude he's looking a lot of instagram he's just not posting to instagram right. so but it's just funny it's like that generation because i was like right at the end of it like i i resisted instagram i resisted facebook it felt dirty to me it felt silly to me for some reason like i don't know why but but now the, the slightly younger kids early 20s they got it dialed in and they're making money off of it. You know, it's like, that's a little bit of a different uh, type scenario, you know. But, uh, dang, I digressed pretty hard on that one. Um, so I was wanting to talk to you about, like, reading bulls. Now, this might be a stupid question. I'm not sure. But is there a psychology to bulls? Oh, yeah. Like, there's definitely a science to it, you know, um... Just how they move, being around cattle to where you're kind of used to, you can kind of anticipate what they're doing. 
uh, kind of having a feel for them. You know, like we call it a bubble where you're actually, when you step into that bubble, that, that animal knows you're there and you're going to you're gonna get a reaction. Mm. So it's basically the space around that animal to where he knows you're there. And, uh, you know, and you just kind of get the feel for it. You How know? big is that space? Well, it's usually, you know, like, you know, 10 to 15 feet, you know, something like that. Of course, the more sensitive animal that's hotter is what we call hotter or meaner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that space may increase. Uh, bulls that we call cold or gentle. I, you know, I you saw one. Be, uh, what you was it? right up there up against them, and they don't really react to you. So. Jesse Lockwood. Jess Lockwood, yeah. yeah. So I saw him giving Bruiser a bath. Yeah. In the pen. And that's the world champion bull. Yeah. So whenever, and that bull, doesn't, he does not want to hurt anybody, you know, but he bucks, does his job, uh, but he's totally laid back, totally chill. Yeah. It, it like kind of blew you know? my mind because you yeah. see them in one context. Yeah. And they're just the super best. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're highly tuned athletes doing yeah. what athletes do. I, I always think of it like uh, anytime somebody talks about like boxing or jujitsu and they're like, Oh, I don't want my kid to be mean. Yeah. It was like, that's not going to make your kid mean, like no. knowing what he's doing. It's just like saying that most boxers, oh, they're all jerks. They're all right. trying to get in a right. fight. Yeah. Most of them actually don't even get in fights at all. Like they're yeah. above that almost, you know, because yeah. who's going to box a boxer, you know, like yeah. if you actually know, it's like almost like calms the room down a little bit. Um, but yeah, that blew my mind seeing him just like, Washing that cat or that bull, you know, and it was just suit, and it said world champion bull, which means he's the best. So you've yeah. been around, you've had like you've been around that bull quite a bit. Yeah, and I've actually seen him up close and felt him actually try to step away from a guy, you know, when because uh, he sometimes he bucks them off so hard that they'll land right underneath him, and I've seen him and felt him try to step around, you know, wow. just move six inches a little. And just try not to hit the guy, you know, and you don't see that hardly ever. Wow. You know, that is wild. So he's a unique, very unique bull, you know. And so when you, when you say you felt that, you can feel yeah, like you're, you're right there with him. Yeah, your and hands. you're trying to get him to move, but you just know that he, you can feel him move over, you mm. know, and try. Just like his foot was going to be there and he just made it, made wow. it, you know, made it move over six inches. Dude, that's crazy. Right in the moment, you know. So you're saying that that's not very common, though? No, that's not most, common. Most of the yeah. bulls are trying to land on you? Well, they're, what? they're basically just doing what they do, you know. Like, they're sure not going to try not to hurt you, but, uh, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of bulls that ain't really trying to hurt you. They're just doing what they do, mm-hmm. and you're in the way. And, uh... But then there's a lot of bulls like that really, they know you're there and they know they're going to mess you up. Yeah, you know? I, I saw one of the yeah. highlights of you, the announcer was like, this bull's got Frank's number. Yeah. Like, because I guess maybe it was the second week in a row yeah. that it like, th- I think this one that I was seeing, it, it turned on you and you kind of took off running and it looked like I couldn't tell if it tripped you or whatever but it got you like into the yeah. chute or not yeah. the chute what is that called yeah, the chute yeah. yeah. and it was like like turning in the corner yeah. dude I was like I wouldn't be getting up like I would probably just I would be like man uh, give me an MRI like an x-ray before you get me up you know yeah. I'd be worried about my C-spine and everything but well like that bull like, that, like you said that bull is tough and you know there was a couple of weeks right in a row there where he won you know, 
But then it doesn't. Of course, they don't show the next couple of weeks when I got him figured out mm-hmm. and I won. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you gotta you come up against them bulls. They're gonna test you. You're gonna have to dig into what you're doing and make you know polish it up. You might because like one one time there he hurt me because I I made a mistake. You know, the second time is just because I was doing my job. Yeah. But it's like, man, I'm going to have to dig in. I'm going to have to go at this bull hard. Yeah. And then, you know, they don't show it when I, after I had victory. Yeah. They like to show it when that bull had, because that's what, you know, that's just the way it is. Well, and and you could tell, like, I really liked hearing Shorty mic'd up. Yeah. uh, Because he was, like, talking to the crowd and everything. And, And, you know, he was explaining some of that stuff. But it makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. when you're when you deal with an animal multiple times, just the same way as if you deal with an opponent multiple times, yeah. you start to figure out uh, how you can work with them, how you can how you have to work against them, and you kind of learn the pattern. Yeah. But yeah, there's always that surprise, the 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 reverse, you know, like the 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 trick play yeah. that you know yeah. just gets you off balance. You know, it happens. It I mean, it happens to everybody. You know, yeah. in some way, it's just typically not with like a a big bull like bearing down on you you know that's crazy so that's uh that's pretty cool so uh do y'all travel as a team you and what was well like at the top events yeah shorty gorm and jesse burns and i are the top three guys that work the top events and then cody webster is the fourth guy so he rotates in and out and then there's cooper one he's the fifth guy that rotates in and out okay if one of us get injured or something comes up at home or Something like that. So you got a couple of alternates. Yeah, okay. yep. And like these guys, like Reese, you know, they're working the the top lower level events. Mm. Uh, so you know, they're they keep improving as the years go by. They're going to be set for, you know, our spots. You know, move into our spot. So yeah, yeah. So what like when does retirement start? Like what do you? You know, it's kind of funny. You said you hit thirty and you started hearing different things or thinking different things, but. When I hit 40, all of a sudden, everybody's asking me when I'm going to retire. It's not even a question in my mind. I don't know when I'm going to retire. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I figure I'll know when it's time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so. Well, it is interesting. It's uh, kind of a habit I have just from the fire department because yeah. with the way the pension works and everything, there's a very definite time when most people leave, and it's not uh, if I can work or not work. It's like a financial, like, yeah. okay, well, it just makes more sense at this point, yeah. you know, whatever. Right now, like, uh, you know, I got a wife and three kids, and, you know, retirement's not in my family. Oh, yeah, I'm dude. I, I feel you. I <laughs> yeah. feel you, dude. We're just – my wife's about to start master's school, and we've been paying for it, like, as as we go. Yeah. And it's just like, man, I know it's an investment, but it's, it's hard to see it as an investment sometimes when the money's just – but I guess that's life, dude. I guess yeah. that's part of being a dad is you just got to, it's like, oh, okay, I guess we got to, I guess I got to move more furniture or something. That's my part-time job. I move furniture yeah. with, with some guys from the fire department. So anytime, anytime it's like Shannon starts going to school or something, I have, I have to start moving part-time, you know, that's so my part-time work picks up and, which is actually a blast. I work with a bunch of good dudes that I, that I work with at the fire department. So we're all friends, you know, it's more like a like a frat kind of but um man that's pretty cool so how'd you get hooked up with those with those guys is that just the filtering process well they actually actually vote us in the top bull riders at the finals that made the finals that year they vote for who what bullfighters they want nice and so that's how we come together there at the top wow what a beautiful system yep and it's cool you know and uh 
means a lot to us that it works out that way. But and then it's just a matter of you know holding on to your spot, you know maintaining your uh, performance, you know, and and then these young guys they're working their way up, they're dreaming, they're wanting wanting that spot, you know. But there's just that there's just that uh, kind of a cowboy code there where it just you know things happen. Yeah, you know, in a kind of the right period of time, you know. Yeah, that's super cool, man. Uh, I've I've definitely been enjoying watching your watching your highlights. I'm really looking forward to watching you tonight. Yeah, um, I'm psyched, man. I, I met Coben like right before his accident. Uh, we just went to church together, hung out with him for a little while, and then he had his accident, and then I uh, started this, and I started my podcast, and I was like. The reason I started my podcast was because guys like Coben, he he hasn't been on a podcast. You know, like he hasn't had a conversation recorded with him. Yeah. And it just blows my mind. It blows my mind that like, because I see him as a resource. You know, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of wisdom and a lot of like positive ways that he sees the world, you know. Yeah. And you never know who that might help. They might need to, they might need to see Coben and that gives them... Yeah. You know, so it's like, man, we gotta get these guys out. You know, that's cool. Um, yeah. That's kind of when I started the podcast. He was actually one of the first people I thought of whenever I was starting the podcast. I was like, dang, man, that'd be a good guest, dude. Like, yeah. that's just such an extreme experience. Which that's what what's really interesting is when you talk to people who have extreme human experiences. And I would say you have a very uniquely like it. PBRs never existed at this level before, right? Right. And bulls have never have. I mean, I assume bulls are like way more athletic now than they probably were a hundred years ago. Like oh, you yeah. got people spending millions of dollars yeah. on getting these really proficient animals at this. It's like it's the tippy top, the pinnacle of of the experience possible. Yeah. You know, and you're standing right there, like yeah. like front row seats. You know it. Uh, it kind of blows my mind whenever sometimes I like kind of stop and uh, like try to process that towards other people, you know? Because I haven't really felt like I've had my moment yet, you know? Where it's like, this is the pinnacle. Typically, I feel like I'm like middle of the road, you know? It's like, I'm watching sometimes from the crowd as the guy like catches the game winning, like, you know, touchdown or whatever. It's like, oh, you know, go crazy. But, uh, but yeah, dude, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight. I'm gonna have. Uh, I'll let y'all go, man. It's 45 minutes. Yeah. I know you. I do. You have like a pre uh, pre game like. Well, a lot of times, you know, you'll get a small workout in or stretch. Uh, today, I think I'm just gonna just kind of rest up. I need to catch up on some phone calls and stuff. Uh, get to the arena early and get stretched out. Do you do any uh, kettlebell stuff? Uh, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've started. I've, I've worked with some trainers that. Always trying to learn new stuff uh-huh. uh, over the years, like past forever, you know. What I, trainers were they? Uh, God, uh, uh, Chris uh, Williams there, uh, there in Paul's Valley. He's okay. just, a, just a normal guy, but he's he's really really good at what he does. He trains nice. there at the gym, and all um, oh, ten or ten or so years ago, I went to another guy up in Oklahoma City that. You know, and I learned a lot of stuff. But uh, here lately, I've just been kind of working out at home a lot, trying to get a lot of work done there, and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of doing some stuff on my own. You know. So, like, when when you're crafting your stuff, what are you thinking? You thinking 
um, muscle endurance, or are you thinking well, like, like right cardio? Now, like, right now, as busy as I've been, it's more of a maintain. Mm. You know, maintaining your uh, your wind, your flexibility, your speed, but also taking care of little injuries, little bumps and bruises here and mm-hmm. there, uh, strain stuff, uh, and not trying to fire yourself. You know, you're firing. You're, you're trying not to fire up injuries because right. you're so busy going. You know, we're not in a downtime right now. We're still competing. So. Right, right. You know, like after the finals and move into November, December, no bull riding, just just working out, try to build muscle, try to build some, you know, try to get some strength. So. You ever heard of Ojo Caliente? Uh-uh. It's in New Mexico. It's a spa. Dude, that's what you should plan. Like the day after yeah. the tour ends, just fly in there. I had this little Asian woman, man. She was probably five foot one and and she was gonna give me my massage we went there for my second year anniversary for our wedding she was gonna give me a massage and she like asked me she's like how hard do you do would you like the massage i mean she doesn't even speak english i like i that's my interpretation my subtitles of her and she's like so how hard do you want the massage i was like um I mean, probably as hard as you can go. Barely. You know, I mean, I'm like thinking yeah. like this is a little yeah. bit. This is a little about ninety pounds. Yeah, this is a little woman. You know, and I'm a big dude. Not my muscles are tight. You know, yeah. so I need you to break them loose, dude. This woman almost <laughs> had me in tears, dude. It was amazing. It was like she had she had like seven thumbs. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. She was like massaging. I was like, okay, I got there's two hands, and then she had like a stick. Big yeah. stick that she would like set. She would like set it on her shoulder somehow and put it on muscle yeah. and then lay all over. Oh, dude, she had me crying. <laughs> but yeah, and then they have a bunch yeah. of hot springs, like real, yeah. like hot mineral baths, like iron and sulfur pools or cool. whatever. It's a really cool place. But if you haven't checked out, it's a beautiful part of New Mexico, man. I always, uh, it's like almost an acquired taste. Like yeah. the landscape of New Mexico, you know, it looks a little desolate, but then you get to looking a little closer. It's kind of yeah, beautiful, you know, cool. you got the mountains yeah. and everything. But, um, well, cool. Well, I definitely appreciate you stopping by. You um, I'm going to look into your, uh, into your bull, uh, handling lessons. Do you have, do you have a website and everything? You want to, uh, do you have some stuff you need to plug? You want to plug? No, not really. Uh, we do, uh, uh, I'll do my school up in, uh, Mount City, Kansas, um, it's in May, the third week of May. Okay. So, uh, How many spots do you usually have for something like that? This last this last school, I took 12. 12? Because I had so many wanting to come in. Uh, I usually cut it off at 10, so I don't get too much. Uh, but this year, I took 12. It worked out pretty good. So nice. 12 spots. So. so, and when you're doing that, you're working, you got animals that you're oh, yeah. working with, yeah, and you're, yeah. you're hands-on, you're teaching, yeah. teaching all the stuff you know. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's uh, like I made the mistake the other night watching that highlight reel, like before I was going to bed. Right. It was like it was like nine fifteen. I was like, I'll do a little bit of research, you know. So I sit down, and dude, it got me all jacked up, man. I couldn't go to sleep. <laughs> I was because I mean, it's high intensity stuff, man. Like yeah. whenever it's going down, because everybody like the the sense of danger is very real. Like I saw one of the guys got his spur hung up. And so he's off the side of the animal, upside down, yeah. getting flung around. It's like the amount of urgency is really high right there, you yeah. know. Like, and then you're like diving in. Like, if it's hung up, then it's probably cinched up, right? Like, is yeah, like, uh, like on a deal like that, his spur rail hung in the in the tail of the rope. 
So most time we we carry a knife with us. We move in like seatbelt cutter yep, type knife. Yep, yep. exactly. And uh, there's been times where we've actually jerked them apart, but most of the time it's cutting that we'll rope get in there and cut that rope. So, Dang. Yeah. Do you work at all with like the designers of the uh, of the ropes? On like no, like- they've 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 designed it now to where like the end of the tail is braided tighter. To where it's not so quick to grab them spur rails. Um, a lot of times, where them guys hang on to, they want it kind of loose, a little looser braided, where it's a little easier to hang on to. Uh-huh. But then past that, they'll tighten that braid back up to where that that end of that tail is a little tighter, you know. And so and it doesn't just grab because it would yeah, just grab so that. This is you know it's not as it doesn't grab them rails as easy. So man, that's some crazy stuff, dude. Well, hey, I great, greatly appreciate you coming by. Yes, sir. Uh, that was a blast. Um, and uh, uh, everybody, until next time, peace.